Hello, Josephine. Hi, Miss Wendy. Oh my God, are you excited? I'm I'm very excited. You're not as excited as I am. Though. No, that's not that's true. That's very this true. This is an understatement. For the first time ever, we reached out to uh, a local artist who I've been a fan of for a very very long time, and so graciously accepted our invitation. And who are you? My name is Ashley Nell Tipton, Project Runway or Project Runway winner, season yes, 14. Yes! yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like a stupid, huge super fan of yours. Um, and it was a very big deal. Like Joe and I have this like running list of people that we would love to sit down and talk to about their artistic careers. And one day I was just like, why don't we reach out to Ashley Nell Tipton? Because like a bunch of us have kind of seen you around town stalking me. No, no I, I'm just kidding. Homegirl. I was like, you don't have like warrants out I have like a right slight or... confession to make though. <laughs> and I'm going to show you a picture and we'll post it on our Instagram in a second. But um, there was one time in October my parents were in town and I was with them all day and I just needed to feed them real quick. So I like ran out to Luigi's to pick up a pizza. And I was there. You were there with your crew. <laughs> I had no makeup on. I had like no eyebrows on. And there you were. And I like snuck this creeper picture. Oh my gosh. It's uh, a total creeper It's picture. such a creeper picture that I sent to Melissa. <laughs> and I, was I like, love oh. it. <laughs> I know. So the world will get to see me no makeup oh, on. Oh, that is so cute. Anyway, so I'm super thrilled to finally be meeting you. I'm and thrilled having this that I get to meet my stalker at Luigi's. <laughs> I swear I'm safe. I swear She's I'm like, I'm safe. never going to that yeah. Luigi's Innocent anymore. Stalker. <laughs> make sure I'm dress well, have I makeup totally on. fessed up. We're good. <laughs> we are good. So, so many people know you from Project Runway, obviously. Yes. Yes. And here you are living in San Diego. You're from here. Yeah. yeah. Born and raised in Southeast San Diego. Woo. Yeah. Represent. <laughs> it's exciting. So, I mean, right away, we want to just ask you, like, where did your art start? My art start at a very, very young age. Um, thanks to being dyslexic, uh, I had really no way of self-expression through writing or reading that I just jumped right into being a creative kid. Mm -hmm. Like always wanting to get my hands dirty into something. Um, either it was painting or drawing or... I mean, putting things together, uh, dressing up my dolls, doing someone's hair. I just loved being creative and so hands-on at a young age. And I have to thank my grandma as well because she was so patient with me. She took care of me as a kid. And um, she would always have fun projects for me to do every mm -hmm. time I went over to her house on the weekends. And I got to turn all that amazing art into, like, Things that I could sell to people. Yeah. I was like, you want to buy my art? Please supply my, <laughs> yes. my hobby. Yes. That's the best. I love that. Um, and then your grandmother taught you how to sew, right? Yeah, she taught me how to sew when I was seven years old. And I started picking up a needle and thread and just sewing little things like um, pillowcases or like clothes for my Barbie dolls. I didn't really know what I was doing. And clothing design was like nowhere near that. Mm -hmm. It was just trying to put two pieces of fabric together mm -hmm. and create something. That's so cool. Wow. I love that. I love that. Do you remember the first like, for first garment that you made? Like how old were you and what was it? So the first garment that I ever made, it was for myself. I was a senior in high school, I believe. And I remember I had this fabric that my grandma had gave to me years ago. And it was this cheetah print. And I remember I wanted to make a skirt. And I looked at the fabric and I was like, I don't think I have enough. 
So let's improvise. And I went and got some like black uh, cotton fabric to go with the skirt. And I bought a pattern, like a commercial pattern at uh, Joanne's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Joanne's. (laughs) (laughs) I could spend hours in that store. Yeah. Um, So I remember just trying to make the skirt in my size and running into so many problems. And I remember my grandma would tell me, like, don't get frustrated with it. Just walk away every time, you know, you feel like you're at this point where you can't go anymore. Mm -hmm. And so she just really taught me how to be patient and how to make the garment. And I remember... I got to wear it to like my sister's baby shower and I was just so proud of like having something that I made on my body. That's so great. Yeah. Awesome. Was that like your first, like, do you have like early memories of art and fashion? Like was fashion your first memory of art or wanting to be an artist? No, I think it was just mixing colors together Mm. and shapes. And like, I remember coloring books and I remember taking a, VHS uh, movie covers and copying the cartoons, like drawing them, like having them side by side with my paper and trying to um, copy what I saw on mm-hmm. the VHS cover. For our listeners who don't know yeah, what right? VHS yeah. is. <laughs> a VHS. That is so sad. Back in Isn't the 1900s. <laughs> like we're talking like the hard cases that like opened up like the yeah. plastic yeah. style. Like the plastic Disney ones. style, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, Even yeah. the papered ones Like too. Land Before oh, Time yeah. status. Oh yeah. I miss that sound when oh, they yeah. open up. Yeah. Yes. That's like Can a sound you that you would like right yes. now. It's like a tactile <laughs> sound. Yes. <laughs> it's nothing, there's nothing quite like that sound for sure right oh my god so yeah so vhs before dvds before digital all that (laughs) that's amazing um when did you know like was it that first garment that you designed for yourself that you knew you'd that this was it for you that you'd be doing this I think so. That was like my first attempt of making clothes for anybody. I've mm-hmm. never made anything for anyone. I thought I was going to go into cosmetology. I loved hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, there's too many people in the family doing that. Choose another career. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not just some wild card that you choose. And yeah. be like, this is the career I'm going to yeah. do. And so I always had a love for fashion. And being a fat kid, there wasn't fashion happening for me it was really devastating um hey, <laughs> you feel my pain hey. both of you guys. i have a i have something Hands to talk about kid, hey. yes. <laughs> so i just i always wanted to be able to dress myself and i remember being in high school always having my hair done always having my makeup done but my clothes wasn't a representation of who i wanted to dress like mm-hmm. And so I just remembered, like, this has to change. And so I wanted to get into more of um, fashion design. And I remember I had to declare a major in high school because I went to a very artsy high school. And um, fashion design was one of them. And I was like, I know how to sew. Let's try this out. I have no experience, but cutting out um, magazine clippings and putting things together and working in retail. Like, I love styling stuff. So... I gave it a try. I took all my close girlfriends in high school and they were my models and I measured them and I designed to their bodies and I had like six models walking down oh the auditorium. As were they our, all big girls or were they like varied sizes? Various sizes. I think I had two plus size girls and the rest were, you know, just we were all different shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. Some were tall, some were short, but they were my friends, and I like wanted to dress them up and have fun. I love that. Yay. 
That's amazing. I'm going to get like really emotional about it. Dude. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. I know. Um, so we're obviously going to talk about Project Runway. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, <laughs> obviously we have to. But before we do that, I yeah. want to talk about like your journey into Project Runway. Like how did you get there? What did you do to prepare for it? Like were what you like Edmund like? that every season when you were like 10, you started? <laughs> no, okay. I actually never wanted to apply for Project Runway. I said, oh, I did ne- someone make you? No, it was just, I was in a real, I don't even know how to say it. I was at a crossroad. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what path to take. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I remember maybe season eight. I, I want to say it was season eight. I'm not too sure, but there was... Um, a designer who got on the show who actually went to the college that I went to. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him get on there, I was like, you know what? I don't think I want, I don't, I don't ever want to get on project runway to find that's like to become a celebrity from that. Like I want to be known for my designs and that's what I want to be known, not to be on a TV show. And I know that's really weird to say, and I happen to go on this show, but I just always I never wanted to be the face of the brand. I just wanted to be the person who was creating the clothing, like mm-hmm. let the clothing speak for itself. Um, but I already had my clothing company. It was very, very small. I was an indie designer working out of my parents' garage. Then I went to my sister's garage and I was doing production here in San Diego and just trying this all out at the age of, you know, early 20s to 23, right before I went on the show. And um, I remember a family member giving me $5,000 to start my company. And I got that money and invested it right into my business and went and bought tables, sewing machines, materials, everything to finally build my business. And at the same time, working three jobs, it was insane. Like I was so dedicated and I wanted this so badly, but I could never find any Uh, financial backing it just Mm -hmm. it felt like it was just getting so much more harder by myself and so my grandmother who taught me how to sew got really really sick and passed away and two days after she passed away I received an email to apply for Project Runway that's a sign yeah so that's why I said I was at this weird place in my life where (laughs) I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know if I wanted to quit designing and actually like just go and find a job in the industry mm-hmm. just like everyone else or do I just take a leap of faith and try something that's way left field of me because I'm I still to this day cannot believe that I went through and did that show. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have told me years ago that you're going to go on Project Runway and you're going to do this, I'd be like no, no, I'm not. <laughs> that at the end of 16 weeks, Heidi Klum's gonna hold your face and like you know kiss tell, me on and my kiss cheek, you on your right? cheek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did not. That Tim Gunn was gonna come to your house oh and eat God. like arroz con pollo or whatever. Like, <laughs> and, and he made tortillas with your family. Like, yes, oh, oh, so good. Um, and we really saw like your emotional vulnerability throughout the season too. So yeah. you went in there like really green. Oh yeah, like. Even through the audition process, because I will say this, I have applied for other reality TV shows because I was just so desperate at that time to like get my company off the floor. And I feel like this is the time for plus size women. We need notoriety in general, just plus size people like we need to be seen and stop being hidden. And I remember applying for um, Style to Re- Style to Rock with Rihanna, which only did one 
season here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I think Bravo took that show. And then, um, what is it? That one show with Jessica Simpson and... Um, oh, my gosh. I know what you're talking about. It had Neiman Marcus, like Macy's, like the uh, H&M. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very loosely remember that. Because oh. she had her brand. Mm-hmm. At, like It was like a department store brand that she had, and I think it had others in it, too. Yeah. I, well, I totally forgot what the show was, but I applied yeah. for all those shows, and at that point, I felt like reality TV is not for me. It is not for fat mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like, forget this. And so when I had the opportunity to do Project Runway, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be myself 100%. I'm not going to let the producers or anyone who comes my way manipulate me to be someone who I'm not. Yeah. Like, when I feel like crying, I'm going to cry. When I don't feel like talking, I'm not going to talk. Like, I'm not going to be this... Just realizing that, like, every second is being filmed. And I was like, I'm just not going to... I don't have that type of energy to to be a monkey what is it like the monkey clapping like With i want attention yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. i want attention <laughs> i want attention and i remember going through the the <laughs> audition process and you have to see um a psychiatrist before you get on the show really yeah i know i'm totally segueing to something else oh God, but yeah you have insane. to go through a, a severe amount of um, like screening, screening. Yeah. Yes, like drug tests, like physical. You also have to take like this question, uh, six hundred questionnaire about your personality. They know you better than you know yourself, which is the scariest thing. Wow. So you're like answering. You're like, yeah. I don't know if I believe, but I'm just gonna yeah. put this. Yeah. No, there was yeah. a question wow. at the end that says, um, when you thought about killing yourself, Whoa. did you really uh, attempt to? Or did you not? And I'm like, I didn't think about killing myself. So (laughs) do I like leave this question blank or not? Like it made you think you were crazy when you were answering this. Like, do you get jealous when your friends do X, Y, and Z without you? Or like, it was just really weird. They like talked about political things. Mm -hmm. They asked you about like, do you favor one parent than the other? I mean, because everybody's story is different. Uh So I understand why they would ask these questions. But anyway, story, yeah. I remember the psychiatrist telling me um, that you have now made it this far to the audition process. It's no longer about talent, it's about what you can bring to TV. And I was like, this is sad. I don't even want to do this anymore. Yeah. This is so sad. Damn. Like, they got to see your talent in the first low in your audition tape and in your portfolio and then they got to see it when you did your first audition in front of so past contestants. So that audition when you like walk into the room and like Mondo's there and like the two That's people behind the, the table. First. That was the first time they saw you and then you went through all of the other um, tests. I had to go through the applications and a um, audition tape I had to send them in order for them to consider me to be in front of Mondo and whoever yeah, else yeah. was there judging me. Also the producers yeah. Of Project Runway and Lifetime were all on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. It's a long process. It was like a three-month process before I knew I was going to be on the show. I applied in March and left June 1st. So between... When did you find out that you were going to be on? Like May 1st. What did you do between May and like the time you left? 
uh, quit my two jobs. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I was like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> no right. one believed me that I like applied and then made in. They're like, you're leaving? I'm like, yep, I'm leaving. It's like, yeah. uh, you'll know about me and in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was working at Sephora and I was working at Gap doing visuals in San Isidro. So those oh, were, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, buy retail. Although I will say, I would have loved to have walked into Sephora and had you match my foundation. Anyway. <laughs> they didn't trust me at that point. I was just that cashier, girl. I should have been there. <laughs> they don't know. You're like, they you're don't like know. bringing people up. You'd be yeah. like, these people don't know. Though, they but. don't know. They do not know. Um, um, but then, uh, what is it? I was closing down my business because I was still making orders to make some type of money before I closed everything. And then um, I went back and contacted all my design teachers mm. and was like, I need one-on-one help, like, just with, like, pattern making, draping, sewing. Like, I wanted to brush up on everything before I left. So, like, so I studied smart. and educated myself because... If you don't use a lot of the things that you learned in college, you lose it. It's like riding a bicycle. If you don't remember how to draft a pattern by scratch or uh, drape your muslin on your your mannequin, you're not going to succeed in that competition because that's all that it is. Construction, construction. And if I was going to do plus size, I had to make sure everything fit really well. So I remember the, the day before I left to go to New York... I was at ECC here in Point Loma and my sewing teacher was uh, teaching a draping class and I said, can I crash your class? And she like announced it to the whole class like, this is my student. She's going to go on Project Runway. Nobody say anything, (laughs) but please give me like 45 minutes and I'm just going to like teach her some stuff really quick and then we'll get back to class. And I was like, thank you so much. Like all I needed was to learn how to drape a sleeve and some pants. And I was like... Because those are two things that nobody wants to attempt mm-hmm. when they're yeah, designing. Pants. It's like a big thing. They were like, pants. we're going to do pants. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a pant yeah. in like week 14. I'm going to do, do a pant. It, but you got to do it the right way. Yeah, or it has to be you're like gonna, super clean. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a do or die moment. Like if you do, you better do it well. If you don't do it yeah. well, then yeah. you better scratch it and do a scratch. Otherwise you have like baggy crotch. And yeah, exactly. That's where like, that's where Nina Garcia is all like, you're a risk taker. Mm-hmm. You did pants. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. Or they're like, what is the crotch on this? pant yeah. exactly why are you wearing a diaper exactly um okay my biggest question for you uh-huh. about your experience on project runway is the polaroid dress and your finale collection where do those pieces live right now like where are they in the cosmos i have no clue what like I'm, does I'm lifetime own them does, no like, uh, so, Fashion no no no, no. so project runway owns every design that you create okay um so right after the show has been aired on projectrunway.com each design goes for auction and it has about a week or 24 i think it's 24 hours auction like silent auction online that people bid on it and i remember my my sister was bidding on a few of my pieces and made either my first uh, winning garment, the first challenge yep. where I had the two piece. Yep. Either it was that or my Polaroid dress. My sister made the bid go all the way up to a thousand dollars, and she was like, "Ashley, nice. I hope somebody buys this fucking design because I can't pay no thousand dollars for this." It's like uh... I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> thanks, sis. Um, Good looking out, sis." Hey. But no, I don't have any of my garments. So sad. Like, if anything, I would love a piece from my finale collection or that Polaroid dress. Are you able? to 
to like document your garments to the high heavens so that you have them like for your portfolios. Oh no, like we have no have technology no on claim. us. Oh, wow. Nothing. We Yeah, that we, makes sense. We turn in all our electronics the uh-huh. first day we land and they go through our bags to make sure that we don't have any drugs, we don't have any mm-hmm. um electronics, nothing. Nothing that would give you an unfair advantage. Exactly. Yeah. No yeah. books, no magazines, no music. You're completely disconnected. You're completely yeah. disconnected. Thank God I brought a watch with me because I didn't even know what day it was. One day I thought it was Friday, it was Tuesday. Oh Whoa. wow. I was so turned around like you don't even know what time of the day it is because there's no windows to see outside so you are only left to the other contestants like to entertain each other oh yeah it's so sad (laughs) it's so sad okay i need to know are you in i hope i answered the first question oh yeah oh yeah yeah. okay Almost yeah, like yeah. we're segueing into something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or there's just so much that I want to say. That, I know. I wanna so, know. but everything that you've made since the show, you mm-hmm. own, right? So everything like post. Oh, once yeah. The finale, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, uh, the, uh, this is what I wanted to say. The only piece that I got back from a fan, thank God. I mean, it was nice of her to send this to me, but it was the garment that I made for the, I call it the Mean Girl Challenge, where I was uh, with the girls. Gonna ask you about the Mean Girl Challenge. Um, that was the only garment that I got back. And I was like, why do I want this? Why <laughs> yeah. do I want the this memory? One. I mean, that's yeah. really sweet of a that fan. That was a paintball dress, right? Purch- yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, Okay. It was really sweet of a of a fan to purchase it uh-huh. and then send it to me because she felt like it needed to come back to me. Yeah. But where's all my other garments? Yeah. Though? Everybody where's that? Them. Where's I that bra like, panties that you should have oh won for? You. for that. you should Thank have won you. for that because I looked at that and I was like, that is something that can easily translate to either plus size or not yes. woman. And that's the beauty of like everything you created on your season was that everything could have translated to plus size or straight sizes, Thank and that you. was like. Even that cigar pant, the lace, yeah, that would have been so sexy as like, maybe not like, oh, I mean, whoever has access to like your plum eggplant finale dress with like the high waisted brief underneath the lace and like the, like, I live and die. Well, I mean, all of that could be recreated, which we're in the works. There's talks. (gasps) Oh, Ashley Nell Tipton, you're speaking my language. Yeah, so you just have to you know, stick around. Stick I'm putting in a request for that. Yeah. Right now. A formal <laughs> so request. So that you can hear the announcements. Headpiece yeah. and all, everything. I mean, we still have the headpieces. You do? Yeah, we recreated like 150 of you them. You did. We did, and we only have maybe like three of them left. Holy They're hell. all handmade, hand-picked silk flowers. Oh, my God. Yeah, so maybe afterwards I'll show you two. Um, okay. <laughs> you can finally for, see one in real, real life. For real, for real. Definitely. Um, go back. Let's circle okay. back to the Mean yes. Girls. <laughs> Eyes closed, shake mm-hmm. of head. Um, what was that experience like for you? Because I felt like in watching that, there was, it was like painful to watch. It's still painful to watch. Coming from like someone who understands what it's like to live in a in a bigger body and to feel like insecure about what you're putting forth into the world, but then to also feel like blamed for your talent. Like there were so many layers to that that felt so painful. And I feel like everyone watching that was like so on your side. Yeah. I was talking to one of my friends the other day and he was like, in all of the seasons of Project Runway, nothing has angered me more. Then those mean girls ganging up on Ashley, and I was like, "Thank you." Uh, like it none, was really ridiculous. It, 
I mean, none of that was scripted. People till this day ask me if that is scripted. Um, I say no. Um, I was not putting on a pity party. I literally was holding my tongue so badly because, well, then again, I, I didn't even know what the hell to say to these girls because I was mm -hmm. so pissed off that they're how old in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, yeah. and you're still acting like a fucking so child. So for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about, oh, can okay. you explain <laughs> that situation just a little bit? Sorry, I got yeah. ahead of ourselves. Yeah. 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 Hey. Well. <laughs> um, okay, so this is probably about the fifth episode or fifth mm -hmm. challenge, something like that. And I had just came off of a win with another contestant. Her name was Candace, And we both won a group challenge, the first group challenge. The next challenge that we had was where Tim Gunn and Heidi divided the whole cast into a group. And you had won two challenges at I this point. I already won two, two challenges winner. by this point. And so they... Or was... I don't even remember. I'm so lost. But anyways, this was where it ended up being boys against girls because people were picking their roommates mm -hmm. based off of our living situation. Mm -hmm. And all boys were in one room. Girls were in one room. So then there ended up being me and one other person at the end. It literally felt like a game of dodgeball. Like, I pick you on my team. I pick you. And you're left as the last person. And I already had two wins. I was like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Mm -hmm. Like, me Heidi, Heidi Klum was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I was like, there's no way that this is, like, being scripted or pre-planned. Like, you, like, super grateful for Heidi in that moment. Oh, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. I was like, thank you for calling that shit out, Heidi. I what had the, the hugest knot in my throat yeah. when all of that was happening. I kept telling myself, don't cry, Ashley, don't cry. And then Heidi says that, and I'm like, thank you, Heidi. Like, can you please yeah. knock some sense into these You should girls? have been, if not the first one, the boys should have picked you first. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, shame on the boys for actually not They did. I was, pissed at, I was pissed at everybody. I was like, really? Like, you're yeah. choosing... Like, you're choosing some of these people, and she's won two challenges? Yeah. Like, no, 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 At no. the end of the day, I know that we're, we're all fighting for our places in this competition, but there comes a point where... <laughs> We are a group, so let's help each other get to where we want. And, and when it gets narrow it down, a cohesive collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the girls were crazy. Like even when <laughs> after we were done filming all of that, I remember going into the van to go back to our apartment, and I didn't want to go in the van with the girls. I was like, "Fuck the girls right now." <laughs> they can kiss my ass. You're like telling the producer, "Like I would rather." Yeah, I was That's furious. Right. Yeah. So then I went into the boys' vans, and the boys were like. We would have picked you, Ashley. And I said, you would have? <laughs> I'm here and I'm on the girls team. You guys should have said something. Like, this isn't Why cool. didn't you? Yeah. And they were all trying to, like, defend me, like, against the girls. Mm. I was like, save, save your breath, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you should have picked some. Yeah. You should have picked me a lot sooner. Um, but anyways, like, going into the comp, like, going into that challenge, like, None of the girls could get it together on what they wanted to design. Everybody's ego. Nobody wanted to hurt anyone's feelings. And I kept telling the girls, like, we got to work together. We got to figure out who our customer is, where is she coming from, what pieces do we all want to design? Because we all have these amazing aesthetics. Like, I wasn't putting anyone's designs down. I was like, who's strong at what? What should we do? And by the end of it, it was just too many leaders. Nobody wanted to hurt anyone's feelings. And I was, I can't believe that they weren't 
like they said that I wasn't working as a team, that I did everything on my own when I kept asking everyone, does this look good? Like, is this cohesive? Like, I can do whatever because I feel like I'm a great designer, but no one's working with each other. So by the end of all that, each girl, or what is it? I think Heidi had asked each girl, who do you think should go home? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And each girl said my name. And right before they got to me, before I said Didn't that. did Lori say someone else? Although Lori was your good friend. Yeah, she was like, I'm not one to gossip, but they're all going to throw you under the yeah. bus. Yeah, she and did. Like, like, she is an angel to me and I love her. And um, not just because of what she did, but way yeah, before yeah. that, I always felt like she was someone that like was there for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she, when she told me that, I was like, I can't believe these bitches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe these girls that they want to choose me out of I, I don't I don't understand I really don't because the finger should not be pointed at me it should be pointed somewhere else but you know what it's at the same time it wasn't a surprise because these girls were already very cliquish mm. being very mean girl they would close the doors behind everybody and you knew that that's because they were talking shit about other people I just wasn't on the same page or the same level as them like they were all Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's also like a testament to your, your work throughout the season too. Because like, if you go back and you watch the entire season, as I did, um, (laughs) like you'll see, like you never talk shit about anyone no. throughout the entire season. Oh, yeah. I, you could have gone so far in oh, on my so gosh. many people. I would be afraid of the person who I am now to go back on television because I wouldn't hold yeah. back. But the thing is, like, before I went on the show, I re- mentally was preparing myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sister telling me, Ashley, they're going to manipulate you and they're going to ask you, like, what do you think of this person's work? What do you think about that person's work? And she was just like, before you say anything, you always start with that person's name so that they don't put anyone else's name in front of that. And you always said, what I would have done is X, Y, and Z. You never Mm want to say they should have done this, they should have done that. Just always say, what I think I would have done is this. And so I just tried to be the the nice person because I was like, I'm not going to feed into what these producers want because they will ask you the same question in three different ways just to get a different answer mm-hmm. or a different reaction from you. Yeah. It's really sad. No, you stayed classy throughout it. Yes. Yeah, and that's did. how you win. You did. Fight the producers. You win. Yeah. I remember I threw a fit one day in the interview room because I didn't want to be asked any more questions Mm -hmm. like I was just so mentally exhausted it's like going to therapy session for 45 minutes every day after you've already exhausted everything you have and your creative self yeah exactly like you have no more no more like how do I say this like nothing else to give like they're asking you what you think about every other designer and like what's going on in the challenge what's going on in your head and I'm like I don't even know what to think right now. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to tell you. And I remember like, I just stopped talking and they're like, dude, one of the producers is like, you want to go take a walk? And I'm like, yeah. And it was like the first time I got to go outside and like see New York. (laughs) You're like, I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) And I had my mic still on me. I'm like, can I take this off? (laughs) No, just in case you talk to someone. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, shit, I said all these things when I was out on my walk. Like, I don't know if they're going to take any of these voiceovers. Like, it's it's interesting, too, because, like, 
it, watching that Mean Girls episode was kind of confusing because it felt like it came out of nowhere. nowhere. And the way that the producers cut everything is that like everybody had really lovely things to say about your work throughout. So mm-hmm. in all of those confessionals, people were like, I love what Ashley's doing. And then yeah, all I, of a sudden they fucking hated you. And you're like, where is this coming me, from? When Lori told me all that stuff, yeah. I was like, I was just more surprised that they angled everything at me. Yeah. I was like, is it because I cry all the time? Yeah, I cried in our discussion about yeah. what we're going to do because I was so frustrated with how stupid everybody was acting and mm-hmm. how much everyone's egos were so yeah. far up their asses that I was like, can we just agree on something? Like, yeah, we might not win, but let's at least look like we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kiss yeah. of death in any... So I watch a fair amount of like... I watch a lot of cooking shows, a lot of reality <laughs> cooking shows, so I'm just... Like, I love those. Oh, trust. Like, I'm just like, because uh, a fair amount of like, oh, we'll just do it. And like, we'll all put it together later. Whereas like on the other team, they were like creating textiles and they had the same uniform, like textile throughout their garments. And I was just like, oh, I would not listen to that person <laughs> because, and I could see you there just like already, already upset, already upset at like having to be on a team where obviously they didn't want you and then to have to like try to bring it together. But like you said it perfectly in the episode because you were like, I want to be a leader, but I don't feel like these people. I don't people, feel the space. Yeah, I don't feel the space is there. Like there was just too many girls talking. And what's interesting is like I grew up with a, a bunch of girls in my mm-hmm. family. Like my mother is the oldest out of eight girls. I the, All my cousins are girls. So I've learned to just step back mm-hmm. and let them go at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to be in the middle. I don't need to try to save this. I'm just going to let you do your thing, and I'm out. But I had my fun when I was shooting those paintballs, and I was getting yes. crushed it. <laughs> I was like, let me You just... were like, come for me, everyone. because yes, no one knew that I had a background. Oh, of, like, that was so epic. Like, it was a hobby of... Uh, me and my brother when I was a teenager and we would go paintball shooting and I loved it. Like I was like this tomboy that loved to stay active and like do crazy Yeah, you shit. had the double finger thing and I yeah. was like, that's someone yeah. who knows. <laughs> that's someone who knows. Because even, um, oh my God, the girl who in the, the one who like actually like goes shooting, I don't know if there was in, that was in like the very first one when they're they're doing like the the auditions for the different designers. shooting? It was the glasses. Oh. Um, she was with Jake. They didn't get along but they like were in the top oh my gosh why Is am Gabri- i no 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 um, uh, it started with an l but yeah so she she was like talking about how like she was like in um like she would go shooting and then she would like go Hunting do yoga and, like and i'm just like oh i wonder if they're gonna focus on that oh the other mean girl yes yeah. the other oh. one the, she was blonde glasses yes, yes. uh kind of snotty yes oh you God. guys talk and i'm gonna look her up <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, oh my gosh, she was another one. I uh, have a story about all of these. <laughs> oh, well, that was the other thing I want to ask you. Like, of all of these people, who are the like? Do you keep in touch with anyone? Very from, small amount. Who? Who do you um, like? Who do you keep in touch with? The the most recent person that I've talked to is Swapnil. Um, he's still in India. Yeah. Um, 
we've been trying to figure out a time to Skype with each other because I miss his face so much. Mm. Um, but I, the one that I see most is Blake, Princess Blake. Oh, yes. The one that doesn't know how to tell time. <laughs> I love him. I is he love, around here? Is he local? He's in he's, LA, right? He's in LA. That little yeah. fairy is just running <laughs> around everywhere. I love her. That so, was like when he started watching this, he texted me. He was like, Wendy, what up, what up with the twink? And I, I was, was like, like <laughs> I was he like, definitely is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is is like, what's up with this twink? And she was like, ah, just when keep I watching. Say, I was like, he's not long for this but world. Just keep watching. Okay. He had some really, he had some really like. Oh he, yeah, he's a talented designer. Yeah, and he just knows how to use color and everything. Yeah. I I started following him on Instagram, and I'm like, I do like your dresses. He um, just choked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing is that like you you have that moment and you think you have all this time and you know when when Tim Gunn says a day, he actually means 12 hours and not 24 and you know, I mean, you just you just kind of like there were there were moments where it was like, "Oh, it was pretty obvious." And then there were moments where I was like super surprised that who was in the top and who was in the bottom. Oh yeah, we all were. Uh, by the end of every challenge, we're like, "What the fuck does that, <laughs> the judges want?" Yeah, yeah like, like I'm so it's confused. Be such a huge mind fuck, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. One day they're like, "I hate Prince. I hate Ombre," and then the next minute someone's we winning. love Ombre. We love Prince. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, can you guys get it together? Like, I, yeah, you, yeah. I just felt like the whole entire time there, I was mind fucked. Yeah, I have to say, Lindsay, that- Lindsay, Lindsay, Quill. Yes. I have to say, <laughs> it's like that bitch. Um, I have to say that out of all of like this particular season, and I watched it like I didn't watch it live. So I okay. right when we, I was like when we were, <laughs> she was like, oh I do, yeah. She, <laughs> Wendy was like, what do you mean you don't know who she is? And I was like, well I know that she's local and I've seen her. I've seen that you know she's around, but I like I I stopped watching Project One Way uh, a long time ago, and now I'm like then I rewatched it. I was like, oh I. I remember why I love this show. Yeah. <laughs> I, was right. like, I remember why I love this show. But one thing that I thought was really surprising was how kind of there were very speci- there were very small moments where it was catty and bitchy because overwhelmingly the edit was like really like positive. people were talking positively about other people's designs. That's why it was so confusing and out of left field when the mean when they had happen, this like yeah. this they're trying to do that storyline of like all that. I'm just like, oh, are we trying to divide women at this point and like create? Is that what's going on in the edit? But at the same time, like you know, there was just so much going on. There's just so much going on in, in the background, and it's like, okay, we need to figure out what you know, kind of good television is going to come out of this. Mm. Well, I will say, I did watch it live, Joe. <laughs> I watched it when it aired live. But um, I remember like having an eye on you very early on in the season because you had such a clear plus size voice. Mm-hmm. And I remember She shared like, her scissors with the people who didn't bring them. Exactly. Oh I was almost one of those people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Project Runway is going to provide everything. And I, I remember talking to one of the PAs who was in charge of me before I headed out, I was like, so supplies are going to be there. They're like, no, we just sent bring you a up. list in your email of what you can bring and what you cannot bring. Damn. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm I better, so unprepared. I was like, I better bring my kit. <laughs> yeah, I better bring my my kit. Yeah, yeah. but when, because I was like, I knew I knew I loved you the moment when Tim Gunn like called out those two people and called out Swapnil and mm-hmm. um, oh, Kelly. Yeah. And you're like, you can borrow my scissors. <laughs> it was, it like, was Swapnil. Marlene and Marlene and David yeah. who was Oh yeah. yes yeah. uh-huh and I was like uh <laughs> yeah but I mean very early on even like in the audition episodes mm-hmm. I was like she's the one I'm I'm watching you Aww. because 
like there was when you grow up like a that. fat yeah. kid i was like no one was doing that and now it seems so insane to me because like in 2019 I feel like there's so much visibility for plus size fashion and for body positivity but then there was nothing there was nothing you probably got the biggest loser or my 600 that was it there was like like, really dysfunctional weight loss stories happening I just didn't want to be another sad story I was like I know this is on Lifetime there was nothing that was positive women are watching yeah. yeah and you so early on had such a like clear vision of of the space you wanted to fill and like your niche in the industry and I was like she's it that's it so thank you for coming through for me I needed that <laughs> thank you for the support <laughs> I needed that little kid Wendy needed that um <laughs> so tell us about your career now and since Project Runway um like what happened in the immediate aftermath oh my gosh it? it was a roller coaster yeah. I mean it there is nothing that anyone can prepare you for the life that you have after reality TV. It's like literally you have your 15 minutes of fame and it's up to you what you want to do with that time that you have. Um, not everybody who comes off of a reality TV show has that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I was very blessed that I didn't even have to announce the winnings before I had all these companies coming to me about wanting to do collaboration. I had Walt Disney wanting to do a collaboration at JCPenney's. I had um, department stores in the UK, Lim Bryant, Torrid, Kohl's, all these stores. And I was just like, like, what the fuck do you do? I mean, this is crazy. I need to get an attorney now. Like, I need so to get somebody. So what the fuck did you yeah. do? Tell us what your next steps were. I mean, like, how do you navigate that kind of instant fame? Nina Garcia was an amazing person to know and to talk to and right be right after I literally showed my finale she came backstage and she was like have my assistant or give me give my assistant your email we're going to be contacting you very soon and she obviously she was the editor-in-chief of Marie Claire and she was also a brand ambassador for JC Penney's mm. That's right. Yeah. And she so is. I don't know if she had much to talk to with Jay Z Pennies with them, but I just knew that I needed to really get in contact with Nina and really ask for her guidance in this because I have no clue what I'm doing. Like my sister became my manager, <laughs> my mamager, I called her yeah. a momager. <laughs> yes. Um, she became my momager right after Project Runway, and a very close teacher of mine in college also became and still is my manager till this day. Um, and we went to all these meetings. I got to meet with Disney. JC Penney's flew me out to um Texas where their headquarters is at and um I was going to New York like I was never home <laughs> and my life started affecting my personal life like my family my friends like nobody knew how to adjust to my new life and I barely knew how to adjust to my new life and I was driving myself crazy and I drove myself into depression because Mm. I didn't know how to juggle everything. I didn't know how to juggle people now knowing who I was off the streets, um, needing to answer to all these people and go to all these different cities and still deal with PTSD from Project Mm. Runway. Like Mm -hmm. that was a whole other thing that I had to deal with. Like 
Social- You're going to walk into a meeting and Tim Gunn's going to be there with a button bag <laughs> being like, you have two hours. Right? It wasn't even that. It was like um, the PTSD of being filmed. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Because when you're being filmed, the first thing they tell you is just to ignore the cameras. There's never a moment that you can ignore the cameras mm. because once they set that camera on your desk or on your table where you're working, you forget everything. Like you get camera shy mm. and everything that you had in your mind of what you needed to do is gone because that fear of being on camera is like right there. And I remember there was a few times when I was on the show that um, I was walking off of from doing an interview and I would walk into the workroom and they immediately want to get my reaction because they saw that I was crying in the interview mm-hmm. room. And so I'll go to the bathroom and my dumbass left the door open and I'm wiping my face and they have the camera in the bathroom invading my space. And so I grabbed the door and I slammed it in front of the camera. I was like, you guys got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you already have me mic'd up and you want to watch me cry and, like, try to get myself together. Like, I'm a human being. Like, Mm -hmm. let me be. Yeah. But, so just dealing with all that, I just found myself in therapy, like, six hours a week trying to, like, rewind everything and, like, try to understand that I can't always make people happy and I can't always make everyone like me. And so I like, I had to find my identity over again while working for all these companies and putting a happy face. Like I loved designing for JC pennies and I loved all the opportunities that I got to do and I got to travel, but those wasn't, those were not my happiest days. Mm. Like I remember, um, I don't know if I, if it was, what was, I think it was when, we announced that I was working with JCPenney's that my manager, Andrew, looked at me and said, Ashley, you're having another moment. How does it feel? And I'm like, I'm numb. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to react because like you, nobody tells you yeah. how to live with all that stuff. And like, you have this money and you're spending it on this, but then you're really unhappy and you're coping with your unhappiness in another way. And it's like, fuck, what did I just get myself into? And like, yeah, there was a lot of like self-evaluation and like all this relearning of how to think about things and you also have the media telling you that you're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle and that you're unhealthy and you're mm. going to die and you should have never won. <laughs> Tim Gunn didn't like you. Oh yeah, and then Tim Gunn went on like a whole rampage on like a bunch of podcasts talking major crap about me and what? how I'm a float in a parade and that you would find my designs in the clearance in the back of Walmart. Whoa, back that up. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a shock. No. (laughs) I didn't know that there was that kind of backlash, um, uh, kind of backlash, not just Tim Gunn, but like that kind of backlash against you. Oh, yeah, because I was a fat person on television. Nobody, there was a lot of people who didn't like that. There was a lot of people who told me that I was a token or that was Tim Gunn said I was a token to Project Runway and that's why they chose me because they felt sorry. The fuck, Tim Gunn? Yeah, there was just a lot of like, besides what Tim Gunn said, there was a lot of shit being said on fate, like just on social media in general, because I didn't know how diehard these Project Runway fans Mm -hmm. are, which I mean... Thank you for the people who rooted for me, who've always supported me and things like that. But there was just people who wanted their opinion out there and was mm-hmm. like, Ashley should have never won. Like, That's sh- insane. Yeah, it was crazy. But I mean, there was so many amazing, like there was so much more positive 
feedback and so much more love than there was the hate. Mm -hmm. But when you're someone who's not used to this, all you look is in the hate. And I had to change that Mm -hmm. really quickly because that's where I was trying to make people like me who didn't like me. And I was trying to make people happy who were never going to be happy with me. So I learned the hard way. (laughs) I am shook by the Tim Gunn piece. That's, I think it was on the hunt, the Washington Post or something Is like that. Is he like the a only podcast? person or like on the producer end of like him, Heidi, Nina, like the judges? Is that the only negativity you felt from from that end? Yes, of it? yes. That's he. Did he ever express any no, of that to you during the experience? Any of that on the show? So when I heard it. I was shook. Like I Did was you ever just talk so to him surprised. About it no, I mean we have no contact with no. those people. But I, I remember it was like a year later, and I had just presented with JC Penney's at Fashion Week, and uh, I flew out my brother and his partner out to New York to watch it. And I remember when he was getting back on the plane to go to Los Angeles, Tim Gunn happened to be on his flight, oh. and he called my brother. Called me. He said Tim Gunn's here. I said, Tell that motherfucker. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I was like, Give him my business card and yeah. tell him to call me because. I just don't think this is right that he's an advocate for the plus size women, but he's talking down on someone who's trying to, who's an advocate also. So I was like, Tim Gunn, like, let's turn this hate into positivity and like, let's work together because you're passionate about the same thing that I'm passionate about. And there is miscommunication right now because I thought on the show, he was a huge advocate for me to create plus size clothing, but I didn't see that he was knocking it down at that very moment. Hmm. Like, there was a lot of footage that didn't get on television of him talking about my designs. Like, for one, I should have just took it when he was telling me not to put every flower crown on every piece, that he just wasn't Hmm. there for it. Like, there was so much hope that Tim, like, every time Tim came around my table, I thought he would be excited about my design and he knocks so many of my designs that later in the future were successful like there was a couple of designs that I did and he knocked them down and I designed them for JC Penney's and they ended up being a sellout wow i mean the the flower crown thing like the flower crown is such an obvious like it's such it's an homage so to frida brand. like it's mm-hmm. such an homage to and it's become such a huge part of your brand yeah, yeah. It, it, like that that whole thing and i'm just like let her do what she wants yeah. like cuz you know tim gunn that's the whole reason he's there he's here to he's there to like rah, rah, rah. So, i mean i just don't yeah. know who gave him that role of being a fashion um mm-hmm. insider i don't know like yeah, I just don't know. Yeah. So let me let me ask this, right? So talking about plus size and, you know, and at that time, at that time, you know, you you win and you become <laughs> like this voice for the plus size, uh, for plus size fashion and, and that representation. So reflecting on like, what's the state of the industry now? Like, what do you feel? Like, do you feel that there has been any there's any movement? Is it just at the same? Has nothing changed? Do you feel that like... Cause like I was just telling Wendy before this, like I have as like a, as like a fat man, I have no style icons. Like I have people who I like what they, Mm -hmm. I like what they wear, but I have no style icons. I feel like I don't have, I feel like options are less for me where like maybe women have more, but 
but that it took so much, it took so long to get to that place where there were more than just one option. And now for like men, I think we're just starting because I feel like I can go, I can go onto ASOS and find something or I can go here and find like, not just like a destination Excel or what have you. So I'm just curious to know your thoughts about where the industry stands now in terms of not just menswear, but like with the like in terms of All acceptance, of in terms of like you know, because like there's a whole movement right now of fat liberation and like healthy at any size, and even within the fitness community. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are now, where we stand as as someone who is working in a professional in the industry. I think this industry or just the plus size community by itself has grown so much. I mean, how long has it been? Like four or five years now. Yeah, yeah, and. People were so upset in the beginning of how slow it was moving, but mm-hmm. I I always encourage like it's okay that it's slow because the slower it is, the longer it's going to be here, mm-hmm. and the more of an impact and the more space we create for individuals to be out here doing this. Um, I feel like there is so much availability for plus size women, and I feel like in the past two years let alone, plus size men has have more availability. Uh, um, more, how do I say this? Um, visibility. Visibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Fashion Nova men's, there's a plus size section mm-hmm. in there now. Mm. Wow. And like, little by little, there's more coming. And where I'm at in this time right now, I feel like I did my job and yeah. that was to bring plus size to to the fashion map. Like, we've, we're now a staple. Like, you can now consider us as fashion, which... Five years ago, nobody would look at us for that. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's grown so much. There's so much more to be done in this industry, but I'm happy where it's going. I feel like if you don't live in the social media life, like you can't really see how much it's, it's growing, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of like fading out. Like everybody thinks they're a designer. Everybody thinks that they can make this, which is great, but it's like, I work so fucking hard to be in this place of my life right now, like getting the education that I needed to do to be able to fully support this, not just have an idea and try to become famous off of social media. Like I really trying to do something. I'm really trying to help women feel more comfortable in their bodies and know that there's nothing wrong with you and that a size tag shouldn't make you feel a certain way. Or if something doesn't fit right, it's not you it's never you. It's who's creating this. And we have to realize that there's so many straight size people who are creating plus size clothing. They need a plus size designer doing that. Like nobody knows our bodies better than a plus size person. Like there's a certain way that we want to feel when we're wearing our clothing. We want to be able to move and not worry about, you know, our body being exposed. If even if our body is exposed, nobody should have a fucking problem with seeing some rolls or some mm-hmm. fat or seeing a jiggle in, in our arms. Like, um, like people, this is totally segueing, but I, I, it's in the same thing. Um, people have gotten upset that I had weight loss surgery mm-hmm. and I had to learn how to not give a fuck anymore about these plus size people in this industry. I'm like, I'm still doing what I'm doing. It would be a different story if I started designing for straight sizes just because I got skinny. Sure. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm still doing what I love. Like, Mm -hmm. you still have to represent me. Like, there's no rules to this plus size industry. Like, me and my manager were talking about this today. Like, how people have created rules in this industry when there shouldn't be any rules. 
Yeah. Like once you have rules, it's no longer body positive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should be. Yeah. It's no more about loving your body. Like there should not be any rules on how we should dress, how we should be, how we should live our lives. Like our health is our business and it's no one else's business. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that just makes me, that just makes me so like, it, it hits me right here in, in my heart because like growing up and I was telling Wendy this too, I was like, I've actually always wanted to learn how to sew mainly because growing up when you're like, when you're like a fat kid, nothing fits you off the rack. I had to go to like this lovely Filipina woman, Ophelia, shout out Ophelia. Hey. I, had to, I, yeah, I had to go to her like once a year, right before school started in order to like get all my pants hemmed, you know, and like, you know, she. She kind, you know, she was, uh, she was like, oh, I was just like, oh, you just, you know, well, like, oh, what about the waist? And I'm like, no, the waist is fine. It's like, are you sure we can make it bigger? And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, this woman is encouraging me to like go a little bit bigger instead of like just trying to yeah. fit into whatever. But like, that was one thing. Like, you know, I was around sewing machines my entire life because my mom hemmed my stuff before when Ophelia passed away. Like, we had to still do that. So I, I feel like. Um, that's always something that I've appreciated. Like I've, I've come to be a fact of like being a fat person and trying to find clothes is that uh, eventually we're going to have to just make like custom make it ourselves when in reality, since we're pretty much the majority, why is there no, why are there, why is there nothing being made for us? Or more than that, why are our clothes being sold at such a premium? Mm. And it's so hard to find stuff that's like as affordable as like what you would normally consider regular department store clothing. And it's just like, I, I mean, I get it dollars and cents, you're using more fabric, whatever. But when majority, when the demand is so much higher, for for that than straight clothes like when i first started the plus size industry was a multi-million dollar industry that was being ignored yeah yeah and look at it now like we have department stores we have asos we have forever 21 who's branched out into it like michael kors has also branched out into it like there's so many designers who are doing it that i'm just like come on let's get everyone Mm -hmm. else on the bandwagon and i think it has a lot to do with what you said that people were saying about you that you were promoting this unhealthy lifestyle when in actuality it's no one's fucking business about what's going on and that at the end of the day like they're at the end of the day, there's no there's no disease in the entire world that only affects fat people. People, you know, it's not it's genetic predisposition, whatever. You know, at the end of the day, like I can get on my fat liberation high horse and, and stay here. <laughs> I just here, think people but, need to educate themselves. Like yeah. if they're spending so much time talking so much shit on social media, take that extra second and Google something. Like, yeah. Or don't don't even say anything. Like. Um, my boyfriend got into it with uh, somebody on my social media on the comments because they mm. were I had posted something about like find find your find that one activity activity oh, that you that. like to do yeah. and I like to be active. I'm not saying that you have to be active like go play a sport to find your activity that mm. makes you feel good yeah, like you're not saying like go do crossfit no, or whatever no. yeah i've just always been an athletic person since i was a kid i love sports so yeah. somebody in the comments was like i love you but like i really think that you should state that you had weight loss surgery so that mm. people don't think that you just lost weight by exercising so my boyfriend went like you can look it up on the internet like she doesn't have to repeat herself mm. and um he had said something like on the lines, like maybe you should just shut up, like shut your round face up. <laughs> and I was like, there was so many different other comments that he wanted to say about this individual, but I was like, no, babe, like 
Yeah. You don't need to go in that far. But then it started this whole back and forth. And I said, do you not understand that this person who said this comment opened up like they knew what they were getting themselves into when they started talking about my weight loss. Like they already uh, like they sucked you into that. That's what these people do. They yeah, that's what wanna, the trolls do. Yeah, they just they want to like they know what they're doing. <laughs> and she took it as a victim like she was being attacked by somebody and all this shit. So, yeah, if you are so consumed with commenting like I don't comment on anybody's mm. stuff. I can't if, if I comment on somebody's stuff, it's because I personally know you or it's really truly coming from the heart and I never say anything negative. Yeah. And you can tell it to their face. You yeah. can like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this is such a loaded area. Like we could keep going oh, in yeah. so we far. Can have our yeah. own podcast I think though this. growing oh, up yeah. with like growing up in a bigger body and like the shame of shopping. The shame of shopping. When you're little. So uh, so one of the ways that like, one of the things that has bonded me to Wendy specifically mm-hmm. is the fact that besides, besides God <laughs> and my mother. How she, long have you guys known each other? Oh, going at least 10 or 11 years. Mm. Yeah. So, so besides God and my mother, she knows my sizes. Because oh. <laughs> we, because she, that's I think how we became friends. That's how right? we became like super friends. Because I was like, he hit I, me up and he was like, I need help shopping. I was like, say no more. Buy me dinner. Let's go shopping. And so we and did. I was like, and I told her I was like, I'm gonna tell you my numbers and you and and like, I was like, we're about to become sisters. Now. Like we're, we're I'm about to give you my social security number exactly. right now. You can't yeah. tell anybody I'm, else. I'm, a, I'm going yep. to expose you to my deepest darkest secrets because yeah. like these are the true numbers. These aren't the numbers that we tell like exactly. you know people at Christmas who give us random shit. But it's sad that we hold those numbers in our mind like if it's our identity. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I think when we grow up with it, so much of us growing up, it has been, right? So when I speak of like the shame of shopping, like growing up and like having to shop in a different section than your friends or even your skinny siblings or what have you, like it's such a mark of who you are now as an almost 40-year-old woman that like that's a huge part of my story, right? And though like now I'm so, so, so grateful that there are half of the section of Target that I can shop in and, you know, like there's so much more available now that like a whole generation of little fat kids aren't going to have to grow up with and that's like beautiful but at the same time like we have to teach those kids that those numbers don't mean anything and there has to be a shift in language there really does like i was just talking to my manager about this like i want to create a shirt that says plus size and then cross out plus size and just put fat like what's wrong with the word fat yeah when you take the power back of the word fat like i would buy that shirt i would wear that shirt like i hate when people are like oh my gosh Ashley you're not fat anymore you're skinny or like or just or you're fat like that word does not hurt me does Mm -hmm. not affect me I can call myself fat and I'm not calling myself disgusting I'm not calling myself unhealthy like when you take all those meanings or those opinions Joe's snapping his ass (laughs) off right now yes Joe's queen level is this church because we're going there yes Yes. no you're you're so right you're so right in the sense like 
it, fad is immediately seen as a value judgment. It's yes. like when I, because I can feel the room change when mm-hmm. I call myself fat in a group in a, a group mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. who have never heard me say that or who I'm not familiar with. Yeah. And it's such a value judgment. It's like, oh, you're. I'm like, no, you, you're right. They're like, oh, you're, you're not fat. Don't, you're not, say, don't that say that. Don't say that. Just just yeah, bad just, about yourself. Don't be dumb. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say it was a bad yeah. thing. Because like you were. I feel like where all of that comes from is the fact that you went on Project One Way, who for 14 seasons prior had. Mm-hmm. No plus size models, and you were like, "I am fun." Was it fun, funky, funky and, and fat? <laughs> and you called yourself fat in that moment, and I was like, "Like very early and on." And she was, and I was like, "Ooh, I just like love her because now she's dangerous. Because now she, because yeah. you got it. You, yeah. you had it in that moment." And I feel like we, we, it's such a value judgment. That's why I hate the word overweight because it implies that there's a regular weight, and it's like, no, people just different weights. It doesn't mean that there's an over and under or whatever. And it's just like, it's so refreshing to hear someone say that, especially someone who designs the things that we live our life in, Mm -hmm. that wants to create those, these like, wants to create beautiful things that make people feel great. I was just so surprised that no one has done this. And why did, why was it me? Someone from San Diego that had no fashion sense, but just dreamt of designing clothing. I was like, why did it take until Because up until that point, the only plus size clothing that existed was for like moms mm-hmm. and for older women. I used and to like wear that. Caldor leggings mm-hmm. and like really long sweatshirts and like I get things it. Things to hide. Things to hide and to cover and all of that. And when we talk about shifting the language, you not only like identified that language really early on by saying like we're fun, funky and fat, mm-hmm. but also through your designs and putting fat girls in crop tops. No one had done that. Because like up until that time, how dare we show skin? How dare we wear two pieces? How risky was it? How brave? And it was amazing. And they talked about that when they evaluated your collection Mm -hmm. at Fashion Week. So I just feel like you've shifted the conversation on so many levels for plus size fashion and and for plus size human beings and fat human beings. And yay, we take up space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With joy. Yes. Exactly. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, who are your artistic heroes? Oh, wow. Um, Sorry, that was like like a no segue. No, like, you no, know. no. Um, I think Frida, just because she really fought for what she believed in and mm-hmm. no one could tell her else. I mean, just being a trailblazer in her own field as a woman, as a designer and everything. Um, RuPaul is huge. I love RuPaul and what he has done over the years, not just for RuPaul's Drag Race, but for any individual who's ever felt different and Mm -hmm. let them know that you deserve love. And like, if you can't love yourself, then who the hell is going to love you? Like, Mm -hmm. That's for anybody, like Mm -hmm. anybody who has self-doubt, who's insecure. Like, how do you expect for people to open up to you, to love you for who you are if you don't love the person you are today? Like, you really have to do this self-evaluation to be able to get over all your fears and all your doubts and all these things. Like, I grew up in a Hispanic culture, like uh, Mm Mexican-American, and I was constantly judged by my weight all the time and I'm just like I I cannot continue to beat myself up every 
fucking day when I know how talented I am and how much I have to give to this world, I was like, I can't beat myself up anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely looked to those individuals and so many more that I I don't even know where to start yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I love that. Um, and I love that you speak about like weight loss specifically and like the way that weight affects you with culturally, because I think if you talk to anyone culturally, there is a story there, right? Yep. Like I grew up in an Italian household. Same thing. They right? want to feed you, but yeah, they also they don't want to see you. But how you. dare you have a belly, right? Oh my god! Exactly. Yeah. It's like a double-edged sword that, like, <laughs> I is. still can't run away from it till this day. Same. Like, yeah, they yeah. used to critique me on how much I ate, and then yep. when I had weight loss surgery, I didn't do it for them, obviously. But once I had it, they're like, "Oh my gosh, look how cute! You're like eating so small, like a bird." And I'm like. The so judgment, the judgment, give the me, family judgment. I can't, there's no winning, right? Yeah. There's just no winning. And you know what? I just had to learn to like not absorb yeah. any of that bullshit. Yeah. I was just mm-hmm. like, you know what? I didn't do this to make any of you guys happy or satisfied. Like I remember my mom saying, oh my gosh, Miha, you're so tiny. Like you're, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still a fat person and I will still claim as a fat person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I have no desire to be thin or skinny. I just want to be at a weight where I can handle it and I can still do things like where I feel comfortable. There's never a, what is it? Never a a number that I had in my mind of how much I wanted to Mm -hmm. lose. It was just a feeling, a feeling. Yeah. I was like, I still want to feel fat. I still yeah. love yeah. food. Yeah. Um, but it's I like, just... I never wanted to, I, I feel the same way because I've also personally thought about like weight loss surgery mm-hmm. and all those things. And it's just like, I don't know what it is because I don't have a number. And every time I get to like a place where like, what's your this number? This is all you've known. Yeah. yeah. This is this all is I've the known. only body I've this known. This is the only body I've ever known. I've, I don't know what it is to be skinny. I don't think I ever want to know what it is mm. to be skinny. Oh no. But this is the only body that I know. And sometimes. And it's the body that makes made you it's the body that you got your success in it's the body like it's it's the body that you know yeah and i i I knew that there was a point where i'm like okay too much has gone out of hand like i am gaining weight which like i don't want anybody to think that gaining weight is bad or anything but in my situation i can only speak for myself but i was gaining more weight the sadder like I was already depressed Mm. and on top of that I was eating and I had lost my grandmother and I was just like eating was my addiction and I was fulfilling a pain that I needed to bring to the surface and just deal with it and weight having weight loss surgery was the only thing that would have cut my addiction like it's a tool that helps you lose weight, but it's not your answer to everything. Sure. It's not your answer to stop overeating yeah. or to eat sweets. Like I literally felt like I just needed to do something that was going to change my life so that I could understand what I was doing to myself. And so I seeked out, you know, help. Like I was seeing a therapist and, you know, I loved being active. So I was like, how the hell do I get back into being active and like learn how to eat again and learn how to do all these things again? Like none of that was exciting or pleasurable or anything like that. Like I literally had to do this for myself because I knew what type of person I was and how I was addicted to things. Mm -hmm. Because once you turn you try to take care of one addiction, you tend to go to another addiction mm-hmm. and another addiction. And I'm still learning that process because yeah. I am one who has an addiction or a, an addicted personality to things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, I want to kind of like circle back. Yes. To, to, <laughs> uh, I mean, we have so we're many all over. Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And I feel like we could talk about this for like seven more hours, but oh my goodness. Um, I want to kind of circle back to your, your design process. Yeah. And like now where you're at, like what is your design process like? Tell us about your workspace. Um, like any kind of like, uh, talismans or totems that you have like things that give you power here like yeah um like where are you at now in your career and how do you work and what that process is like um now I am well obviously we're here in my studio this is my design studio this is where I um I'm also a teacher of oh my gosh I can't even talk anymore (laughs) um I teach sewing classes here in my studio um, I also still design for my clothing line, AshleyNellTipton.com. I do production in Los Angeles. I take care of like all our social media posting that goes on here. Um, all our classes, we just started offering classes online through Skype. So I can Skype from, with somebody who's on the other side of the world and teach them how to sew. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been trying to keep focus is doing something that I love, which is sewing and trying to teach people how to sew. Um, Also trying to design at a place where I can design because I feel like this industry has grown so much like we talked about earlier that I think I've done my job, which was to bring awareness to the plus size community. And I feel like there's so many people doing it that it's so fucking competitive that I don't want to drive myself crazy to be the best again. Like when you're a designer, when you're a creative person, you want to be the best. And it's just like, sometimes you got to step back and remember why you're doing this all again and what you love to do. And what I love to do is to create. So why not help people learn how to create as well? So that's why I decided to um, teach people how to sew. And thanks to brothers, I have so many brothers sewing machine that I'm like, I could be a teacher (laughs) and teach people with all these sewing machines. Um, So I get to do that. And I have a couple of interns um, that I'm also teaching them everything that it is about owning your own business and being an entrepreneur and to start from nothing and just believe in yourself. Yeah. Wow. That's much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's always a busy week here in the studio. (laughs) So tell us about your brother's studio here. Um, What are like some of your, your favorite things that you have in here? Um, that maybe have nothing to do with fashion or your industry, but like, what are the things that you feel like you need to have in your workspace to feel a creative? sewing machine? I no, I think like one of my favorite things in this office is seeing my inventory. Yeah, my inventory is something that I've always dreamt ever since I started in my parents' garage. Yeah, I was like, I want to walk into my studio and see inventory. I want to see items that people can purchase online, like yeah. or just in general. Because when you're a, a, a designer and you're going to school, like either you have a choice to create designs for one of a kind or to mass produce, and mass produce was always my dream. My dream to have a factory and to be sewing things and like being able to give it to or um, for people to buy and just I don't know that was just my dream and um, my sewing machines are my babies Mm. I love them like I all my industrial sewing machines are sewing machines that I purchased from my college when it went um, when it went under Mm. I with that loan that I got from a family member I went to the auction and I bought all the sewing tables and all the sewing machines that I loved from my school that I learned how to work on so those are like my treasures. Those aren't oh, yeah. going to go anywhere. Wow. 
And so you, so when you produce the stuff for your, for your brand, for your Mm -hmm. site, that's all produced in LA? Yeah, it's all produced in LA. Awesome. What is your design process like? Like, where do you start when you have an idea? Mm -hmm. Like, where does that come from? And how do you commit that to a garment? Like... Do you call someone up and says, give me an unconventional material? (laughs) Um, I love fabric shopping. Um, Fabric shopping is where all the designs come up with because once I see the print, I hate picking out solid colors. I'm like, no, I want prints. Once I pick that, I start thinking about the body shapes Mm. and all the different type of body shapes there is and how this can complement any shape and what kind of silhouette do I create from that? Like, Mm -hmm. what is this fabric giving me? Is it giving me something that's structured? Is it giving me something flowy, body con? What is it doing for me? And then that's probably where I go from, like, what is a design that I can create that is still going to be fashion forward, that isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg so that I could still give my consumer something that is affordable. Like Mm -hmm. when you start thinking about mass production, it really takes a lot of the design creativity, like it minimizes it. One of my strongest points is being very limited on things and making the best out of Mm -hmm. it. Like really trying to figure out what I can do with what I'm given. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why... I like succeeded through Project Runway because you're very limited on time, supplies, you make what you have work. Mm-hmm. And I always call myself a MacGyver. Like, you give me what I have and I will make something amazing out of it. I love that. I think that like that the mentality of like coming from a place of like I'm poor. Yes. Forces you to be more creative. Yep. And... And to really kind of like push your creativity into different places. Oh, yeah. 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 When I was a kid, my grandma would give me, uh, what is it, those two liter bottle um, soda bottles. And I would make butterfly decorations for the windows. Like I would cut out the shape of a butterfly and paint them. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like pick rocks from the garden and paint them. Yeah. yeah, Use what you got. Use what you have. Exactly. Um, What advice would you give to young artists today Mm -hmm. and to young chubby babies today? Be who you are. Um, There is no wrong way to be. And um, don't listen to other people's opinions or judgment. (laughs) Like, you are fine the way you are. And love yourself the way you are. Yeah. No one's one's perfect. Yeah. And that advice also applies to to people approaching fashion careers, too. Yes. Of course. Like, I can't tell you how many times... I had a professor who told me that I was not going to succeed in the plus size industry. I mean, look at me now. I wish I could tell I mean, those teachers. That's just yeah. the mark of a great teacher, guys. Yeah. Right? They just pushed me to go into that. Yeah. Um, Dare me not to, and I always will. Right? Yeah. That was one of the things that motivated me through Project Runway was tell me that I can't do that and I will prove you wrong. Yeah, like, watch me, motherfuckers. Right? Watch me. When I played yeah. sports, I would tell them, watch me, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that a fat girl can't do. Yeah. Prove them all wrong, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's going to be happier because she's well-fed. She's yeah. Not, she's not out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is always like my favorite question to ask people. Um, If you weren't in fashion, if you weren't an artist, what would you be? Don't say teacher. 
Because you oh, are no. a teacher too. I mean, I'm a teacher now. I never thought being dyslexic that I would be a teacher. Mm. Um, what would I be doing if I wasn't this person? Could I say cosmetologist or is that still being creative? Oh no, that that I think that fits because that's a completely yeah, yeah. that's I a completely think I different thing. Been doing hair and makeup. Um, I wanted to be um, like a celebrity hair and makeup artist. Yeah. Like I, I loved just being in that industry because it's so cutthroat, but then it's also such a fast pace mm-hmm. that I was just like the adrenaline feeling of doing something like, yeah. yeah. But speaking along the lines of cosmetology and hair yeah. and makeup, can we talk about your hair? <laughs> yes. Can we just go in on your hair? Because I'm obsessed with like the lavender and the pink and the purples and Thank like, you. and also the, the moment that you had on Instagram the other day, the long the hair, wig. can we talk about it? How long yes. have you had the pink hair? Pink, purple? Um, I've had the the pink pink. The pink hair for maybe a year and a half now. But I've been dyeing my hair different colors since like two thousand and eleven. Like So like pre project runway. Yeah, but I had lavender hair for the longest time and then I remember for that like kind of became trademark now. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I was like, I think I need to let her go <laughs> and dabble into this new badass bitch pink hair. <laughs> like this is a whole nother person. Um, but yeah, I've always had colored hair. Like I remember there was like maybe like a four or five month period where I had to go back to like being a brunette or some other color. No offense to anybody else who has (laughs) brown hair, but I was like, uh, this is not for me. I don't feel like I need my identity back. And that was having my lavender or just, yeah, Yeah. being a different color. Yeah. And I've tried like green, blue, orange. I've tried everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you could you could rock a plata like you could rock like a really like like a like a platinum like a silver so, I don't know yeah if you... I've done silver someone <laughs> says I've done blonde but I'm just like I I don't think I could do the blonde <laughs> um, but I love trying on wigs that's where the whole wig thing came from because my best friend's a drag queen and I'm always trying on his wigs. <sighs> And like when we have to go wig shopping at yes. Sally Beauty or no, what is it? A the discount beauty yeah, supplies. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, yes. can I try on the wigs? So they're like, yeah. They and have like, like the two for one hairsprays there, like the big giant yeah. ones. That's where I go to get all my stuff. <laughs> you can go to Mario's. That you go to Fan Bam right over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Costume shopping on twenty dollars there. Yeah. I used to do that at the same place. Oh my there gosh, too. I love that place. I know the Halloween so good. season. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I got that wig off of Amazon and I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is the pink that I need to have. And I went and bought like five more cause I'm going to do like, it's going to be my permanent hair. Cause if anybody mm-hmm. knows that when you bleach your hair, you're mm-hmm. not promised to have all of it by the end of it. Like there's so much breakage in the back of mm-hmm. my head that it's really, really sad. <laughs> I'm like, chop <laughs> it all off. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what my natural color is anymore other than <laughs> right? other than gray. <laughs> my students ask me all the time, like, Miss Wendy, what color is your real hair? And I'm like, um, it's gray. I'm pretty sure it's gray. Because, like, I went, <laughs> I went platinum so that I could, like, this crown around my face is, like, completely white now. And all of my other colors, like, weren't holding before I'd, you know, you'd see my roots, like, two days later. So... Blonde it is. I can't wait to have a whole head of gray hair. White so hair, I know. So that I could just color it. Like it, yeah. it skips the process of bleaching my yes. hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. I'm excited. I think, so in December, I'm going to be 40. And I'm going to like chop all my hair. 
and just like grow my virgin hair back in. And so we'll see how much of it is gray and how much of it I can just like Is it naturally curly? Yeah. Alisa has some personality. Oh, it does. Mine it's is big. like, I know there's nothing. It decided to be extra big for you today. Oh, I love God, it. Good. I'm jealous. <laughs> I used to get perms in my hair just because I wanted some type of personality. I've yes. been doing some crazy shit to my hair that my dad's like, girl, I'm surprised you're not bald because I'm bald. <laughs> and I didn't do anything to my hair and that runs in your blood. You're going to lose your hair. And I'm like, you know, if God wanted me to have hair, then I would have hair. Yeah. But, you know? And there are wigs. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly there what I told you. It's like, you know, drag Amazon. queens, you they will take care of you. They exactly. will get you a good lace front. <laughs> Your sisters are always going to take care of you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what is next for you? Like, what's coming up now? Um, this September, I'm going to be giving my first self self-acceptance workshop class here in my studio. Nice. So... Um, for the past few years, I've been on this self-acceptance journey, and thanks to my manager who has helped me a lot with that, um, I wanted to like give back to people who've asked me over the years, like, where do you get this confidence? Like, where do you get all this? And I'm just like, you just need to change the way that you think about yourself. Like, we give so much self-hate, so much self-negativity in our heads that we beat ourselves up and self-sabotage ourselves that I just want to like let go of everyone's fears and I want everyone to feel free. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the self-acceptance workshop comes from um, that I'm going to be giving out next month. Um, I have sewing classes every month uh, for beginners or for people who um, already know how to sew. I teach them new tricks and tips that I've done on Project Runway and things like that. Um, I'm adventuring out into other avenues in this world of creating things for bigger bodies. So I can't tell too much because I don't want to yeah. give it all away, but um, I'm just always trying to create more space and more avenues for us. That's awesome. And we're going to link all of that like to your workshops, your sewing classes, yes. all that stuff. We'll link all of that in the show notes for sure. Um, how can we keep up with you? How can we know what's coming <laughs> up for you and what's next um, and all that? The best place is to sign up on my website at ashleynelltipton.com and we send out weekly newsletters about where I'm going to be at this month, if I'm doing any pop-ups, if I have any sewing classes, if there's any new releases on the website. And throughout all social media platforms, you'll find me at ashleynelltipton or Ashley No Tipped In Designs, anything like that, you'll be able to find me. Just Google me, bitch. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, we're going to have a full like month of Ashley No Tipped In Yay. all over our time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> you best believe. Yes, we went all the way in therapy style. We did. Yes. Do you have any closing thoughts, Josephine? Um. Just thank you. Just like thank you yeah. for just being like this, being a voice, be, bringing bringing how bringing experiences that I know of I've had as like you know just being like this gay fat guy like and it's like relating instantly to you. So just like you know, thank you for that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for letting me tell this story. And I mean, I never thought that I would be representing this community. Like I, we're all the same. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm here for you guys and I will never leave this industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, well, thank you so much. I thank mean, it's you. been just such a joy, like sitting down and chatting with you and getting to hear your story, but also just like. But you guys got to get out though. Laughing no, with you. And, uh, yeah, now it's time for all of us to dip. No, so. uh, thank you so much for coming to the studio. Absolutely. I really appreciate this. And also thinking of me as a person to interview. I mean, it's not every day that I get to be on a That's podcast awesome. and just talk shit about Project Runway. I love Fuck it. Yeah. I love it. This was its own therapy as itself. Yeah. I tried my best not to cry and relive any of those moments yeah. but thanks for like letting me talk about this yeah, stuff absolutely. <laughs> and the next time I see you in a pizza place I'm gonna like yeah, walk up to say you and hi. say hi <laughs> don't take a yeah. picture of the back of my head please <laughs> like for shame I, was like, I couldn't come up to you I didn't even have eyebrows on I was like cares? oh my god I was like Wendy I don't think she's gonna let you post that on <laughs> social <laughs> I but... will now because I think that's hilarious it was Believe like me, the dumbest moment ever you are not the only one who does that like if I'm with like my boyfriend or if I'm with my family or whatever, they're like, Ashley, they're Googling you right now. Like, don't turn around, but she's Googling. She's going to come up to you right now and say hi. And I'm Do like, you ever want to be like, yes, it's me, bitch. Yes. yes. Sometimes, sometimes. Do you want a picture? Yes, sometimes. I look so, cute today. If like, it's not me, it's my mom. Do you want a picture with her? Ashley, take a picture with her. I'm like, mom, if they want to take a picture, they'll ask. I mija, no. Or like, oh my God. Like my mom is it's her own thing. She's your fan club. When I yeah. when I like when I meet famous people, I I try to do I try to observe the RuPaul thing where it's like RuPaul was RuPaul's always like I would prefer it if you just said hello and thank you and then left and I'm like okay well you're RuPaul I would still take a picture with you but like what I try to do is I try to like figure out the like most if it's like an actor or actress the most obscure thing that they might think that no one would ever like them from and I'm like I loved you on that one episode of ER where oh you were only in there for God. five minutes mm. because like I'm just a nerd like that so. Like for me, when I, I was like, I, I, I when I was rewatching the season, I was like, oh my god, I just need to tell her how much she should have won the bra and panties challenge. Cause, <laughs> I love it because that was that was her challenge yeah. to win. And Thank you. Yeah, that, that was means your a challenge. lot to me that you said that because I was just like, <laughs> really? Well, because. <laughs> No, uh, no, we're, no we're, we're, we can't go there. Right. This is be a part two. Yes. <laughs> oh, welcome back. We right, definitely will. Um, absolutely, we're going to stay in touch with you and follow up with you and and uh, stay connected via your website and Insta and all of that. But we are just so thrilled to have spent this time with you. So thank you so 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 much. Thank you. Thank you. And hey, you guys, enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Bye. Bye.